Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Season 3 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. With me again today, I have Janelle Wheeler. Hi! And Matthew Aguilar. What up? All right, guys. So we're back. Summer's here. Movies are coming back. Things are, the industry's getting going again. I'm happy because we have some exciting stuff to talk about. Now that movies are back filming, releasing, and doing everything they need to do, we have important updates that we can see and kind of discuss with you guys. So today, we're taking one of the biggest ones, which is the reveal of the next Spider-Man, new Spider-Man movie costume for Spider-Man No Way From Home, which was leaked by, surprise, surprise, merchandise. So we have another uh, Marvel (laughs) movie merchandise leak we got to talk about. We're going to get into some things from the week that happened on the DC side as well. We got news of a new Justice League Dark spinoff that's happening, happening some very important Green Lantern series casting that might be going down. And of course, we got to talk about that last episode of Loki, baby. We got to break down what happened. And oh, man, there's so much that happened and talk about all the new theories we have now as we get even further down the Loki rabbit hole. Plus, as I said, new uh, movies are out again. So. This week, we're going to be reviewing one you can watch at home and one you can watch in theaters. And that will be The Tomorrow War and The Forever Purge. So stay tuned for that as well. And of course, this is Comic Book Nation, so we have comics to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get it started right up at the top. Spider-Man, No Way Home. So like I said, uh, merchandising reveal. uh, Merchandise kind of started to leak for No Way Home. Lego had a set that they put out and it what a set it was it was spider-man and mj's visit to dr strange's uh, sanctum sanctorum and uh that's where we got our first official kind of real leak of what the new costume would be uh but the internet went in and before long within an hour i think we had like people were pulling images from like every kind of promotional corner of the sony marvel universes um to basically compile an entire photo gallery of what this new Spider-Man No Way Home from costume will look like, which uh, Matt actually put together for us this morning. So we even have an, after kind of breaking the first one, we also have an updated gallery. If you want to go on comicbook.com Marvel and check that out. But what did you guys think of the costume? 
more Doctor Strange. <laughs> I knew this was it. wasn't the question. <laughs> I'm just no. excited about anything relating to Doctor Strange. So I'm absolutely pumped about the costumes. I'm pumped about Spider-Man. I hope this doesn't spoil too much. But if I put a link in the chat, if you guys want to see what we're referencing, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I, I the, the Spider-Man costume is gorgeous in my opinion i just it's stacked like it looks manly and beefy and it's wielding some dr strange energy which is so cool and i'm so excited about (laughs) um you know we got a black and gold pop of spider-man it looks almost it's like a black panther-esque spider-man but gold instead of purple (laughs) <laughs> it's just cool like it's just really cool to see uh strange makes a really cool debut he's totally channeling some home alone the original movie uh <laughs> vibes as you know the scary snow pl- snow shoveler um i don't I, st- I actually don't love that one but it's fine like i just get to see his face and that's all that matters and it, anyways i will stop that's that's my opinion anything related to dr strange which to me the top three the two spider-man suits and obviously dr strange give me some Dr. Strange vibes. So I'm very excited about him. I, I love Janelle's enthusiasm on that, <laughs> by the way. That was that was infectious. Uh, so I will say, uh, I love casual Doc Strange. You do? Okay. Snow, like snow shovel and snow yeah. boots and whatever. I could, I just give me like a whole line of those. Like Dr. Strange in the kitchen. Dr. <laughs> Strange cleaning the bathroom. That's Dr. Awesome. Strange doing the yard. Like I would buy that whole set. That'd be great. In a swimsuit. Um, in a swimsuit. Like going to the pool. <laughs> so like, I love that uh, on the suits. I'm the, the black and gold looks incredible, especially by the way, in pop form. Cause like for whatever reason, and it will actually for one big reason. So the pops, because the eyes are so big and they're so like highlighted with the bright white, it like offsets the black and gold really, really well. The figures do too, but like they're smaller, obviously. So you don't really get that pop, but like, man, that looks good. It was giving me very much like, like old school armored Spider-Man vibes with the silver, but obviously with the gold and, and a modern update, I don't love the other one as much. And it's just because I like the infinity war Spidey suit. I don't love the infinity war Spidey suit. So like, you know, it, it's kind of like this is very much just an upgrade and a, and a like, tweaking to that. It I get I get people love the gold, yeah. but that's just never been. I when mean, I'm looking at that one, it me. looks like Captain Marvel uh, Spider Man or something. <laughs> like, right, and that I was at, when they when they first showed the promo art, there was like a really quick shot, and the way it looked, it didn't look gold in the picture; it looked white. And I went, oh, they're going like Marvel Spider-Man. Like, that would actually be really cool. I was like, that looks cool. And then it was like gold. And I was like, ah. Like, I, I kind of worked myself up to one of the other one. Marvel Spider-Man suit was one of the big comparisons people made. Um, I, for one, was kind of interested because I feel like this suit is in some ways more so than the Iron Spider suit. And there was a lot of, I mean, Iron Spider was trending because people were saying kind of what you were saying, Matt. Uh, you know, there's this whole debate about whether the Iron Spider suit from Infinity War actually is cool. You know, we get into all that. But leaving that on the side, I felt like this suit is in some ways kind of a direct homage to Iron Man, which, of course, is Peter's mentor in the series. Um, especially comes out in the Lego figure. You, when you look at it, uh, the way they draw like the like the stuff on the little Lego figure's body, it almost looks like Iron Man armor esque. Um, yeah, which is a thing we also have to note to be careful of in these merchandise things. You don't know where the line between reality of the movie and 
just merchandising flourishes begins and ends so we don't know like you know when it comes to like exact textures and all that stuff you know right. whatever oh, oh, Rich, Lego says, oh wait, don't not to interrupt you uh, Rich is in the booth. He says he has a picture for it. We're getting high tech around here. We can, we can show everybody yeah, who's sure. watching the stream. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. There we oh, go. Yeah. I could definitely see that Iron Man reference. I can't believe I didn't go for that. Like right at the top. Duh. But uh, the, I mean, I like your Captain Marvel reference. I didn't think of that. But now that <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at it now, I can't really see that. So, yeah. Oops. you know, that like uh, that fits Matt's agenda really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that, that figure was very much made for me. Um, yes. Plus, I dig the but I dig the magic stuff too. I, I dig the magic effects. On oh, it. the I'm magic! Curious to see that. Best. I actually think in this case the the pops out outshined <laughs> all the other yeah. things. I will be interested. There was also that reveal, and it probably again is a toy, straight up toy. It's probably not in the movie. However, I kind of want to see the bike. If that is actually mm. a thing, that thing looked actually pretty dang cool. So if that ends up making it into the movie. It's not a spider buggy, but hey, whatever. I'll take we it. We have a couple of comments. Uh, Superhero Girl says, not so hot on the suit. I'm with the Chris Killian mindset, which I have not heard his take yet. Do you guys know what Chris said about it? I, I know he it. said something because it's Chris, but I don't know. <laughs> what he said exactly. That's true. Yeah. That's yeah, I have awesome. not heard it yet, but I will I will make sure to, to take a listen later. Yes. Cunning doesn't really love it either. Uh, Cunning just wants the black or the sorry, the white. Oh, my God. The red and blue. Jeez, Janelle. The red. I'm, I'm just trying to turn him into like Venom basically right now. Yeah, it, it's got the Marvel Spider-Man style logo that like goes above the shoulders and all that, but it's got the Infinity War color scheme, which I I like half of those. So if they just went all the way, yeah. <laughs> all the way with one, hey, cool. Here's I the black and gold. Black. The black and gold looks sick. I think the black and gold looks awesome. Yeah, I. What I is the like blue? I feel like this is a throwaway suit, like that Iron Man armor in Iron Man Three, though. Mm. Oh, for like, I mean, it's kind of got the same vibes as like the stealth suit in Far From Home. You know what I mean? That like, yeah, it pops up for whatever. And then it's like, oh, OK. Like, I mean, look, and I and I saw someone mention that, like, oh, my God, why do we have to have so many suits? It's just the nature of <laughs> merchandising and toys, man. They got to have toys. Okay, it's yeah. the same reason why Cable had flippers and a harpoon gun in the toy was line of like undersea cable. Cable's never going underwater. That's <laughs> how he doesn't have to do that. But they had to sell a toy. So it's also, yes. based on what we've heard about this movie, I mean, you could really just call this Spider-Man colon all the merch because like, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be characters. I mean, rumored to be characters from multiple Spider-Man franchises, some in new suits. Like there's going to be toys on toys on toys on toys on toys. I mean, we should note like the Lego stuff and all this other stuff is all part of a very large rollout of, Ro of No Way Home merchandise. Yeah. Like there are Lego sets that invoke like a Mysterio drone fight now has people thinking, oh, well, we know Mysterio's back. I'm not going off the cliff. I'm not Jim Viscardi, so I'm not going like oh. fully off the cliff. But um, there's going to be a lot to this movie and a lot yeah. to this merchandising for sure, because this movie is packed. I'm just hoping we see Tom Holland once or twice. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. <laughs> Yo, look at that. Look at that stylish. The, I always love the flip hands. They always just make me happy on a figure. Um, it does look good. It looks good in figure form. I will. Yeah, say. I feel like it looks better there than on the pop. But I agree with Kofi. There are so many people like if you look at just all the promotional images, there are so many characters in this movie. And like, again, <laughs> it's just it's one of those things, man. Is he is he really going to get time to just can we just get Tom Holland Spidey 
just being Tom Holland's Spidey for a whole movie. His and supporting characters are great in his in his movies. Like I hope that it, all these cameos don't you know give us less Zendaya and like stuff like that. Right, because they're like very they're scene chewing characters. Right, like they're not just like oh hey look. Like Loki turned in the cat for that one scene. You know what I mean? It's not like mm-hmm. that. It's like, no, Nick Fury chews up scenery. Doctor Strange <laughs> chews up scenery. I mean, Iron Man. Fine. Like these are all characters that, you know, kind of demand more time. Right. And, you know, yeah. So hopefully, fingers crossed. But suit looks cool. We'll Maybe work. it'll be a four hour movie. I'm cool with that. The real thing we're going to talk about here is what the heck is going on with Wong's get up in that lego toy set okay i couldn't make it out because the image was kind of small so i couldn't really see the suit what does it look like it looks like wong is wearing like 70s style like i don't know also like a captain marvel vibe he has hair it, it's really it's really strange i feel like i mean like way this thing's shaping up in phase four i feel like wong has a whole sub story about like what happened to him because we see him fighting in, Sha- in Song Chi. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Now he's in this Lego set. Yeah, he's like wearing like a red and blue getup. He has an afro, basically. And yeah, it, it's weird. Uh, I'm, beginning to, I'm beginning to think a lot more after Loki is going to be affected by the multiverse kind of tweaks and variants and things like that. Um, and I'm kind of wondering if we don't get an alternate kind of like 70s funk version of Wong showing up in Spider-Man No Way Home because huh. it is a, it's a very strange figure. And they say it's Wong. Like I've read the packaging like it is Wong. Yeah. Wow. And, the, and the Doctor Strange set comes with Doctor Strange, who looks normal. MJ, who looks like she stepped out of the 90s and doesn't at all look like Zendaya, but it's supposed <laughs> to be her. And then Wong in this weird yellow jacket, blue pants with red get up and like a like a belt, like a curtain belt tied around his thing i don't know how to describe it um mm. but like yeah it's pretty strange i gotta know what wong's life has been <laughs> <laughs> well we read a comic so uh, but uh reference yeah. the comics nice that's that's that. neither here nor there i'm kind of taking a tangent <laughs> at this point um but but overall i love them what I mean, do you guys think as a whole i'm always so careful to start weighing in on this stuff until mm-hmm. we actually see official stills and then even then i need to see it in motion on screen like yeah. before i start getting all like freaked out about it you know what i mean yeah this suit yeah. is so close though to the infinity war suit that i feel like i can make a <sighs> semi halfway decent judgment on it and just be like that suit was fine and i think this <laughs> i think that suit is fine like it'll it'll look cool in certain moments in certain scenes just because of the gold pops but like Overall, it probably won't go down as like my favorite or near my favorite Spidey look. The black and gold, I'm very curious to see how that looks because it could look awesome. Um, and, it, you know, it's also like a nice like, you know, it's going to be a minute right before we get like a true black and white Venom ish Spidey with the black and white suit probably for a minute. So like this is about as close as we're going to get <laughs> mm-hmm. for, for a second. So, yeah, that's me. 
by the way, Rankin says, I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League. I can totally watch a four hour Spider-Man movie. Let's go. I'm with you <laughs> on that. You guys need to relax. I, uh, <laughs> this ain't home streaming. Relax. Like, we're going to be in theaters. All right. They would literally have to give us a bathroom break. Yeah. Or just an extra large cup. One on the till. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said it. Way to go. <laughs> you know my circumstances right now. I have no problem saying this kind sure. of thing. All right. On that cryptic note, we're going to take a break, pay some bills, come back. And when we come back, we're going to talk what's happening on the DC side, plus a Loki episode four and the Forever Purge, Tomorrow War, and some comics. Stay tuned for all of it. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Who needs eardrums? It got me. It got me. Who needs eardrums? That's fine. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about DC. So early this week, we got news that there's going to be a already a spinoff to this Justice League Dark project that's hope, happening over on the HBO Max side. And I feel like I'm back in that in the studio with you guys discussing the absurdity <laughs> of a Spider-Man Madam Web movie because uh, – what we're supposedly going to get is a DC's or uh, JJ Abrams Madam X, which will be tied into Justice, the larger Justice League Dark Universe, and follow Madam Xanadu. Uh, oh man, a lot of DC characters out here. Who thought this would be the one we'd be getting a series about? Raise I, your- I still don't know if I'm going to get a series about this. <laughs> this this qualifies as like we're, like right now I feel like we're back in like Nightwing and like t- uh, Batgirl territory when those were first announced when like DC was just like announcing everything and I don't know what's real and what's not and like the Justice League Dark thing I'm pumped about but like again I'm in like very reserved I want to see stuff actually happening on set like Flash before I actually go hey that's a thing so like this spinoff, I don't know if it's real. Like I, <laughs> I still won't be- really believe it until we actually get stuff on it. That's where I am. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not very familiar with this character, um, and so I just kind of crash course it, read through, tried to figure out, you know, what's the background on Xanadu. Love the name. My mom yeah. always talks about Xanadu, um, <laughs> but seriously, it's it's I really know. cool, so and cool. it's mysticism. So I, I, you know, I read in the article that it's almost comparable to like a Doctor Strange. Um, I would be very interested in exploring this character more, but as I'm kind of hearing. Uh, she's 
not even really her own like she usually plays like a secondary character even in the comics so it would be hard to find content for that is that correct it depends on where okay so like right now yeah xander is actually a part of justice league darks okay uh ram v's current series which is running in justice league she's great and she's she's actually one of the uh, she's a great supporting character, but she doesn't have to be. It's just she's kind of a lot of times either in a team she's or some kind of alliance that. thing. She's always used as that. But like to me, the she's not I don't see her on the same line as I do. Madam Webb. Madam okay. Webb is really clearly a Mike MacGuffin character. She yeah. is a plot device character that's like, I see things. And then like that forms the plot for whatever story and people either have to protect her or they go to her for cryptic stuff. Like she's not, to me, a whole movie about her is not, I'm, I'm like, what, what do you even do with that? You know, yeah. with do you can actually, like you can actually build something around her. It hasn't cool. really been done a ton in the comics though so they it also would give them kind of free reign i just it's weird to me that of all the justice league dark characters though she would be the one maybe it's for that reason maybe it's because you would actually get to do whatever you want kind of and just have to hold to a couple of key points but right. like this team has you know etrigan constantine <laughs> zatanna zatanna's think- already getting around but like you know it's weird to me I'm wondering if it's going to really be a Madam Xanadu focus series, or is this the kind of backdoor to kind of introducing a lot of mystical, supernatural elements of the DC universe, yeah. other DC, other Justice League dark characters, based on who Madam Xanadu knows and becomes in contact with. And, and, you know. chimp. I need yeah. that from DC personally, because that's like my favorite side of, of you know, comics and heroes is the mysticism stuff. Yeah, we so. need to read more Justice League dark on here, because I feel like Janelle yeah. is just like, doing that series. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe this is how I get my Detective Chimp show. That's maybe cool. Backdoor. Everything about Matt's agenda. But, uh, <laughs> Matt, why don't you take us through the other piece of DC news we ca- we got this week, the uh, Green oh, Lantern yeah. Captain, since you wrote that up. In brightest day. <laughs> so excited. Uh, so we finally got, well, okay, again, these are all like in talks. <laughs> These haven't been actually like most of them anyway, haven't been confirmed by the studio. The one has. Um, so we got a couple more Green Lantern castings over the past like two months. Uh, the latest one, though, uh, was and make sure I'm making sure I'm pronouncing the name right. Is it Tobias Menzies? Did I get that right? I think it's I got that right. I, I got that right. So uh, from Game of Thrones, a show that I don't watch, <laughs> but I've heard he's great in it. But he's been great in a bunch of other things as well. So that helped me. And yeah, he's in the playing, crown. He's in a lot. He's anything right. British. He's based Outlander. Yeah, like he's he's great. So he will be playing Sinestro if those reports hold up. And if you were kind of paying attention to some of the descriptions that have come out, the HBO Max Green Lantern series is very much going to be like showing a Sinestro that's still part of the core, that is still like one of, if not the top guy, kind of the most respected core member uh, in the Green Lantern Corps. And then it kind of teases that we'll see that eventual, his kind of dethroning and his, you know, maybe ascent to becoming like the villain that we all know and love personally. Uh, And then, you know, gets a yellow powering and all that. But this will be a Green Lantern Sinestro. So having him as part of this, would be great. I mean, I think that's a great casting. And so far, oh, I will say okay. the castings for this project have been really good because, of course, we got Finn Whitrock as Guy Gardner, which, again, that was really well received. And the only one the studio has actually confirmed uh, is Jeremy Irvine. I think I'm saying that right. Irvine. 
might be wrong. Uh, but Alan Scott, he will actually be playing. That was confirmed by him <laughs> on Instagram. I think he actually was like, hey, I'm Alan Scott, uh, which we know is going to be a big part of this series. So, so far, the only Lanterns we don't have castings for yet that have been kind of mentioned uh, in this project are Simon Baz, uh, Jessica Cruz, and then the new Lantern, uh, which is Bree Jarda, which is like a completely original creation. Uh, and by the way, I hope they go like insane. Like I want Volk style. I'm a volcano head lantern. Like I want ridiculous <laughs> looking <laughs> lantern. Like don't just give me another that. human. Yeah, great. don't give me another human. That's part of the fun. Yeah. Like there's a squirrel with a ring, man. <laughs> Chip exists. Like for a reason. That's awesome. I love that part. There's of a that. house fly with a ring. I mean, there's a planet. Yeah. There's a planet a that planet. is a giant yeah. planet. Oh, I remember that book. Yeah, that was awesome, great. Man. So, like, that's the fun of the core. And so I hope they embrace that. I don't want just all humans. So, like, again, I'm glad we're getting Sinestro, though. There are a couple of key characters that you need. And so far, they've knocked the casting out of the park. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Tobias think, is awesome. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I was going to say, he brings, like, I see why they cast him. He brings that, like... That's why they hire him for things like Game of Thrones. He played, I think, Edmund Tully in Crown. He plays one of the royals. He has that aristocratic kind of smarmy, aristocratic air to him, and he does that so well. Uh, but like, well layered. He's not always just a generic bad guy. He yes, he, he has good layers. Going to say, him. and so that's what you need for Sinestro because that's basically Sinestro's whole jam. Beautifully and, said. And this follows up, by the way. I, one of the best parts about the old Green Lantern movie was Mark Strong as Sinestro. He was fantastic in that role. And that's why, even though it made no sense, like point A to point B of how he goes from <laughs> being a Green Lantern to being a Yellow Lantern, like made no sense. They just wanted to fit that as a tag at the end of that movie. It was still awesome to see him because like, he, he was a great Sinestro. So it bums me out that we're not going to get more of him. But this is a great choice if you're going to kind of go in a slightly different direction. Yeah, not having a ton of knowledge about Green Lantern, I'm, I'm slowly getting into, you know, each one of these characters and kind of understanding. I mean, there are a lot of Green Lanterns to catch up on. Like, there's oh, a yeah, lot. there's a ton. But uh, he's so good. He was so good. Um, so he's really this actor, Tobias. He's not just exactly what Kofi said, like evil and mean and awful. He is also like... He he takes you on a, like a roller coaster just on in the crown. I was like, I hate this guy. And then like, wait a minute. I love this guy. And then like, <laughs> I just, he's great. He's a really good actor. And that's exactly Sinestro. Like Perfect. when he's in the core, you're supposed to kind of like, man, he's like. You, you respect you, him, but he right. can also be a doofus. Yeah. Not a doofus. Yeah. A jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's, that's how he was on the crown. And so that Perfect. seems perfect. Cool. All right. So we're happy with this one. Yes. Yeah. All right. Very much. Good. Moving on, let's talk Loki episode four. Wow, what an episode oh this one was. So many twists and turns. Like so many crazy things just happened in this episode. We're going to talk full spoilers for Loki. So if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers. you may not want to jump into this one because, yeah, we're going to talk full spoilers for Loki because it's been days and what else would we do? I know some people save it for Friday night. So if you are those people, drop off for about... Uh, I'd say six or seven minutes and then come back and join us or just wait for the spoiler warning to be gone. And while we're on mute, that's better because we still get our streams. All right. <laughs> so Loki episode four, uh, let's just go over the big points. Uh, timekeepers are fake as hell. Mobius. Is he dead? We thought for a minute that Loki died, but uh, not so much. He woke up in some other realm where he is greeted by 
multiple variant Lokis, including some of our favorites. Uh, I love the money. Yeah, Richard E. Grant is classic Loki, wearing a classic comic, so Loki comic book getup, looking like he just stepped out of Comic-Con, which is awesome. And, of course, Kid Loki, which had a lot of fans freaking out. Plus, we got some really <laughs> strange new ones, like uh, a black version called Boastful Loki, who's carrying Thor's hammer, and uh, Alligator Loki, who might be Go the greatest Gators! They may, I, I, can I just say I hope they make that character the, like, arch nemesis of frog because that like <laughs> needs to happen for like those who don't just know the pet of well, like, but like well i mean they bill him as his own yeah and okay. he, has okay. his own, he has his own loki crown okay, so, i mean he's, he's he's gang gang he's official yes. and for those who don't know frog is the frog version Thor. of loki yes. who is dope as anything so like the fa- i just hope they do that like they don't even have to fight like we don't have to see throw i just hope that like that's his backstory that would be that amazing. Is awesome yeah, you hear a lot of people in the comments, and then we've heard this echoed, uh, that a lot of people were so distraught about Mobius that they didn't even care about Loki dying. I Yeah, I already had gotten my emotional feels out with Mobius. So <laughs> then when it happened to Loki, I was just kind of like, wait, what? Like, I was just very like, confused. I just didn't believe it. I, yeah. I, uh, but it was that was the thing. Like Mobius didn't really actually hit me at all. But it was right. because I didn't oh believe gosh, really? that they were all dead. Like, but you really did it? No, because like I was. That's how I kind of felt. Whether that is going to be proven, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> right or wrong, I'm like dying over here. Uh, <laughs> whether that's going to be proven <laughs> right or wrong remains to be seen. But like, and then I might have it. It might be an after effect where I'm like, oh no, he's really dead, and then well, like, have my moment. But I don't know. I don't. That's I one of the questions: Is Mobius gone? Like, do we yeah. believe that Mobius is gone? Like forever? That's weird. Or I don't do you know. think that he came be... back where Loki came back? I, I'm I'm leading towards that, but if again, if it happens where he really is dead, I'll have my moment. Because, but that's why it didn't hit me at all. Well, you know, I do deep dives. If anybody knows, and um, in some footage of like from pa- from the past that has been released, we have seen Mobius again in a different scene. So, spoilers, whatever, like, I, I truly believe that he's coming back because we do have him, like, driving a car all crazily. And we haven't, and we haven't seen that, right? So, yeah. We haven't seen it yet in the episodes. So, I do think he's coming back, thankfully, personally. Same with, uh, you know, Vote Loki. Like, that scene yes. was so used in, a tra- in trailers and then we still haven't seen I'm it. I'm like, so where like, is it? I've been waiting for Vote Loki. Do you think this is going to... I think it's going to obviously happen in this other reality, wherever they are, this trapped timeline, I guess. I think they're using... I think the TVA is using this timeline as a prison to keep all of their variant Lokis from coming back into any other splinter timelines. That's what I think. What do you think? Kofi, what do you think? Kofi, Kofi dropped out. Oh, sorry, my <laughs> bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I think, uh, okay, so number one, I just would like to do the victory lap for a minute. Okay. I was right. I was like, last episode, I was like, hey, man, it'd be great if they had like this little force Lokis, including kid Lokis still out there. And then they have this you whole thing it. where they're leading against the TVA, which now we know is like not robots and not you whatever, right? It. So I was, I was happy about that. But then also, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I think there's going to be a leader obviously to this little rebellion, this little force vote. Loki would be a perfect one. Do you to think be that? our Loki is vote Loki? Or do you think there's another variant 
That is oh, not Loki. I think there's another. Oh man! Oh, that's a good question because right? my initial thing was I thought there was another variant. I assumed there was another variant, but I assumed that it was ours. It's interesting. You could you could make that jump. Like you could. That would be a a natural. Pl- oh my god! What if in this place, right? Because we don't know how time is working works in this place yeah. compared to like outside, right? So like what? Well, see, but then there's Kid Loki, and that throws that theory off. Okay, take him out of the equation. Let's just say <laughs> time moves weird, and I'm going down the Reddit hole that I hate going I down. But okay, no, that's what people come here for. <laughs> so what if time moves differently here, and so like there was an election of the variant Lokis for a leader, and like our Loki runs to be the leader of this group. And then that's why he's got like the vote Loki stuff and whatever. And then when they make it out, because like, I remember if I remember correctly, that trailer that showed him had a bunch of, did it have a bunch of TVA people around him? I, we couldn't no, tell. They were like Vikings. Yeah. And that, okay. and that makes, yeah. and I think your theory makes sense because adding on, you know, the TVA just tried to prune my ass, but I got back up. In <laughs> I was but, just uh, about to say that. <laughs> um, what you were saying is, uh, what Janelle was saying is, I don't think this is a prison for just Lokis because of what we've seen already in the background. I think this is where they've been sending all of their quote unquote, deleted items yeah. actually get sent here. And I, as I wrote this up about this post credit scene, uh, I was saying, I feel like it's like it could be like computer rules based on what classic Loki tells him. Like it's like computer ru- email rules, right? Like mm-hmm. you delete an email. And then it goes to a trash can and then you have to go to the trash can and say like delete permanently delete. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, I feel like that's the kind of situation we're in, but if this is pieces from all different times and stuff that they invariants that they've thrown in, then the scene with vote Loki makes sense. Cause I think as Matt, may have deduced like our Loki of course tries to angle himself to become the leader the of the leader, group right. and what we're seeing are a bunch of warriors from all over the place and all over time like stuck in here together not uh, so wanting him to be leader <laughs> yeah and that's why you see like Vikings and whatnot and all that stuff happening. and hopefully Mobius will be part you know here as well that's such a cool idea Kofi because like whenever they reset any timeline like for example the toys uh, from the first scene like any of the junk like the trash heap of the TVA like that's so cool like I'm like including all of the things that go along with each variant that all the things that change whenever they reset you know the timeline that's such a cool idea I love that and this show can like for me anyway this show can do no wrong I, yeah. I have immensely, it's, it's been such a breath of fresh air for me and, and almost kind of reignited a love for like the MCU. Cause I was getting a little, really? <laughs> I was getting a little oh, tired gosh. of like some of the like repetition, but I've also, by the way, gone back. I've been watching a lot of MCU stuff recently though. Like some of the old stuff, just rewatches and like certain movies hold up really, really well. And, and others don't. Even like the ones I like that I really loved back then. Yeah. But this is such a I, man, they're just killing it. Like there's there's no like other than the the like forced Sif scene, which was fine. I liked it. I didn't like love it as much as everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like that's the other than that, man, and even that was great. I just saying like that was probably my, the thing I was least excited about. But like I was man, this show is so good. I, I love the show so much. Danny the Pug says Loki is the best show by far. Danny well, agrees with you, Matt. I agree. Night and day. 
And man, it's so good. And that's not to disparage other things. I'm just saying this show is just, it's awesome. Yeah, I guess the one last thing we should probably go over is who are the real timekeepers? And because you guys have such a deep, deep knowledge of the comic books, and I know it goes crazy, I've been kind of deep diving, trying to figure out this. I'm just going to throw something out there. The time twisters. Do you think that the time twisters? Look at me. I'm doing my comic book research. I know. I don't even know. I don't know what you're talking about, nerd. Ooh, I love it. Matt, you're you're, you're out nerding me here. I was doing the twist. Yes. (laughs) Or is that the shake? It's whatever. It doesn't matter. It's close. close. What are your thoughts on that, Matt? So time twisters is, oh man, this show is making me do the things I don't like to do. I I don't like to go down rabbit holes. (laughs) However, time twisters is interesting. Uh, I know Kofi still thinks it's Kang. Okay. Right? Does that change? I feel like that'd be a lot no. easier uh, than the I, time twister. I think this is all Kang. Okay. And by the way, I will shout out that that one Time Lord did look a lot like a various version of Kang in the comics. Right? Well, I wasn't seeing that. Like that was very overt, I thought. I'm going to take a discussion out of uh, black nerd fandom and place it here, which is that. You know, there are only certain kinds of facial structures to human beings, like different races of human beings have different facial structures. It's hard to make a statue that doesn't look like Jonathan Majors, a black man, and not have people be like, that looks like a black dude. Like, what is going on here? Like, who is this dude? And in black nerd fandom, I mean, that's what, like, the big discussion is like, yeah, they designed, uh, yeah, there's definitely a black guy's face that looks like Jonathan Majors. Like, this is going to be Kang. Like, and I'm sticking, I'm sticking with Black Nerd fandom on this. So we have, okay, so we have Time Twisters, and we have Kang. Uh, oh, didn't Kofi one time you said it could have been another variant Loki kind of pulling the strings? Uh, I thought I was, I was, that was my Richard E. Grant theory that it would be okay. cool if it was a Loki. It found out he had been doing this for years and never really kind of had been trying to succeed and then grew old, which I think his age does still need to be explained. Mm-hmm. But my new thing is I hope that classic Loki, because we did a piece that's really popular in the site now about how in the background of that variant Loki shot, you can see the ruins of what is is, is basically Avengers Tower in the background. Oh, yeah. Which <laughs> so, version, though? But yeah, exactly. And it's like I, I think that's from a variant. My theory is that's from a variant timeline where Loki actually won the Battle of New York, which yes. we know can't happen because yes. of the sacred timeline. And I'm just hoping it's Richard E. Grant's classic Loki, like actually won that battle. And as soon as he was like, yes, like all the TVA people showed up, grabbed him and then just like, you know, reset that timeline. And when they set off those charges that erase things, you know, they erased the, you know, a Birkin Avengers Tower and all that stuff. And it ended up here. That's just so, my theory. OK, so what's crazy is I think I think somewhere in this, the there is the answer. And I think I'm going to say. I'm going to say the Loki theory for me only because this ship for everything to keep spinning around. Like this is very much a dissemination of Loki as a concept and as a character, like the show in general. So it would be very on point for the main string puller to be a, a Loki variant. Now, I don't know if they are like, I think we might see a character that has, uh, elements of a bunch of other characters, but like, you know, you like started out as a, as a Loki and then maybe has become something else. So I don't know necessarily it'll be like a reveal and like out walks a very clearly looking Loki. I think it'll be something else or someone else, but like, it's very much like once they start to talk about who they are, where they came from, you're like, Oh, 
they're clearly a, a originally a Loki fairy. I think that's more on brand for for the storytelling that this show has taken on. If if this were a movie, like if this if Loki had been a movie, then I would might side more towards Kang. I think the Disney Plus shows do more like they do more setup, but they also work more with broad concepts as opposed to like, hey, we're going to introduce a major villain here. I think they work with like the the auxiliary stuff more. So I don't know. I think that would be a big reveal for me for a Disney Plus show. I don't know if they'll do that. That's not to disparage the Plus shows. I'm just saying like their patterns don't seem to indicate that. Like, but, yeah. So I don't know. But I will say props for the time twisters. Thank you. By the way, they don't make, like, I, I, I did the research, man. Yeah, so. they were clearly homaging them. Yes. In that in that sequence. I feel like should we like give a give a little rundown on time? Well, sure, for, for norms. So timekeepers uh are obviously what we thought they were. They turned out to be AI, but apparently back what is the the one man, the one survivor who created the timekeepers at the end of the timeline, he grows these three things that become the timekeepers but there's also an alternate reality where the time twisters are like kind of like the evil version of the timekeepers and they're kind of like a warped bad version and they could be the reason why there was a time war to begin with uh, and they could be kind of like pulling the strings and making sure that the timekeepers never get born so that they can maintain power um, yeah, because they end this, up yeah. instead of protecting time, yes. they end up actually going back through time and to their namesake, twisting, mess, twisting and messing with stuff or whatever. Yeah, and it is three alien-looking beings, and they were grown. Yeah, like all those things. Like the same you could very much connect that. And what? But I think it's see, too much for the show. Well, we might see though that that person who is pulling the strings has elements of their story. That's mm. what Marvel typically does, right? So they'll take yeah. three characters that no one cares about or remembers, and then they'll shove them all in the one and go, hey, here's a character you're, you're supposed to care about. Yeah. But here's like a bunch of stuff. I, I really think you might see that, like the because it's the last TVA director that creates them, right? So I think you might see some of that in that character story, but I'm still betting it's one person kind of at the help. Oh, yeah. and I that's, mean, it's very much, yes, like deviance in the Eternals. That's, that's the vibes that it gives me. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, that's really no, cool. Um, superhero Gro said that. I, cool. I mean, I think it's still going to be Kang. I think, I really do. I think yeah, there's too easier. many clues. There's the yep. facial stuff. There's a kind of visual hints all over the TVA and in promotional posters. And also you, you don't just throw like Ravana Renslayer into this without, a reason right like and we know already we saw in this last episode she's a lot more kind of nefarious than we thought she was um so obviously she knew about the timekeepers and she knows like and she's been maintaining this whole little kind of balancing act with the tva yeah. and you've got a question like why and who for uh and again in the comics she is m multiple variants of her are the love interest of kang and but other variants of her are against Kang. So I feel like there's still a chess match being played here that goes with Kang. I'm not going to overextend myself into 
rabbit hole land and say I figured out all the angles. But I think that there is a chess game being played here, and it involves Kang. Now, is it Kang and Immortus, or people trying to, or Kang trying to secure his own creation, or Immortus trying to prevent Kang's creation? Like, I don't know. I don't disagree with you, by the way, that Kang is a part of the broader plan. I'm just saying for this particular plot, for this particular story, I don't know if they will reveal him to be the big person of this show. Just because I feel like that's something they would save. I think they will. And I think that because I think one line that sticks out to me and I think it'll be at the very end. It might even be like a really kind of stick it to you button scene at the end of the series. Because I think Sylvie and Loki are discussing, like, you know, they've been having all these discussions about, like, or and Mobius, too. Like, what is it to be a Loki? And, like, what does that mean? And I think at one point, I forget who says it. Maybe it's Tom Hiddleston who's, who goes on the show. They like, don't die. They don't die, but they also lose, right? Like That's Loki. what Lady Loki, that's what yeah. Sylvie said, yeah. Yeah, they also lose. And I think that this will look like Loki's triumphant in this series until, because his whole thing is to escape serving in Thanos and ultimately being killed by him. Right. Right. Like, that's mm-hmm. And so I think he'll think he made it out and he'll be like, so celebratory, but we're going to get a button scene where we find out like, no, nope, this is still under Kang's umbrella and Hiddleston's Loki could even get erased. Ugh. I don't want him to get erased. <laughs> I want a season two. Um, well, there already is a season two. Yeah. I want, which makes sense then to me that if they may, I, I'm kind of with Matt. I feel like it's going to be Loki in this first season. Boom. I'm saying it. Yeah. Um, but we um, all are making our predictions. So that one's my, obviously the time twisters. I just think it's too much to unpack for like, even Kofi's like, what the heck are you talking about? Janelle? Like if <laughs> Kofi doesn't know it, then it's not happening. <laughs> it's just not happening. But when I love you it. Get into this Kang Amortis stuff and the timekeepers and TV yeah. and Marvel comics. I mean, they've done entire events trying to straighten this stuff out yeah, and it's only more confusing. Yeah. And yes. they still have yet to really do. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So good. Cool. All right, that's Loki. Drop us your theories on comicbook.com Marvel or hit us up at the uh, Comic Book Nation at Comic Book Nation Twitter feed and drop us your Loki theories. We want to hear them. All right, moving along. I'm going to do a quick just kind of run through of the movies of the week this week uh, since I made the effort to see both. Um, I'll start with The Forever Purge. The Forever Purge is now in theaters, continuing the kind of Purge series. This was supposed to be the final installment, but it's not going to be. They're going to keep it going. So I think this is like what? The Purge... 90 no it's either, it's either five or six i forget which one it is uh because we had purge the purge anarchy the purge election year the first purge i guess this is the fifth the fifth one yeah uh the forever purge and we had two seasons of the tv show um jeez which the TV show so much out of that franchise you yeah, loved man. the tv show didn't you i did i did it, it was very interesting because it, it kind of showed what happens on purge night and then the tensions that mount throughout the year before the next purge night and, and how people deal with all that. Uh, and, and it's actually very relevant the TV show, even though it got canceled is a very relevant kind of stage setter for this one, which is the forever purge. And um, the premise of this one is that the purge happens. Uh, they've reinstated the purge. It was because they stopped it. I think after purge election year, and then they reinstate it. And because of all the tensions that have mounted, it's just a reflection of current American society and all the polarization and, and kind of stuff that's happening in there. And so they reinstate the purge as a solution, but this time when it ends, there's a whole separatist group that doesn't want to 
let it end. And so they become forever purgers and they, and they basically launch an insurrection to really keep the purge going. And for all these kind of political and bigoted reasons uh, to deal with that. And so this is a ham fisted kind of reflection of our society at the moment. And the thing I will say about the forever purge is while it still is viscerally entertaining, like a purge movie, it does feel late. I mean, it feels like if this had come out last year, like right before the election, this would have been like, you know, a cultural, you know, lightning rod in the best way for this movie. But this is obviously dealing with stuff that happened before the pandemic and and all that stuff. And and it feels a little dated in concept that way, but um, still very, very good. But, uh, but if you don't like kind of ham fisted overtly kind of sociopolitical things like this one is not subtle about it, you know? So that's what this one is kind of dealing with. Um, but it kind of lose it while it offers something new, because what it does is basically show you the entire, an entire city being gripped in the per per the usual protections. You know what I mean? Like there are no shelters anymore. Like there are no, you know, purge things because everybody lets their guard down there like oh purge night is over we all come out we go back our, about our daily lives where there's no violence and then this mass violence just erupts so there's a lot of interesting and good sequences that way where there are people are like you know the main characters are fleeing through streets and there's so much tension about you know is somebody gonna come around the next corner with a shotgun like all of that but at the same time you also just kind of it just feels like a straight up carnage movie more so than a purge movie in some ways because the night and, and the tension of getting through each hour is what propels these movies a lot. And this one's a lot different in that sense. But um, Hey, after this, there's some developments that I'm not going to spoil for you, but there's clear reasons why they're going to keep this going now because something pretty drastic happens at the end. And yeah, they now have fodder for, purge movies out the one for a whole new trilogy so it ain't gonna stop the purge the purge uh, yeah but uh it, it's good and this one is very much a, a very latin themed installment of it uh all the most of the lead characters are latin but they also partner with a white family and it's a whole thing about that but um yeah it was good so this is for you know a very dem- def- demographic this is <laughs> it was packed in there because this is a southern this is like the Southern Purge movie. So like everybody in Nashville was actually in the theater last night to see this. So yeah, if you ever like cowboys and Southern stuff and you've been wanting to do a purge about it, here's your movie. Boom. So a uh, quick question. Yeah. Do I have to have, could someone start with this movie? Like if they wanted to jump back in, cause like I, I watched the first, I actually think it was the first purge movie. I think I watched the first purge movie and then didn't see any of the others. So like, could I jump into this without, having to see because i know there was kind of a continuing thread of stuff and certain characters that pop back up do i have to have that to get no no because this is kind of a kind of a soft not a it's not a reboot but it's a soft reboot of the concept um it literally is the end of the purge because the last one i mean put a pretty definitive end because there was a whole revolution against the purge you know all that stuff and it was successful the founding fathers new founding fathers got like you know held to account or taken down all that stuff so this one's just kind of a soft reboot. They brought back the purge. It's happening again. Now it goes wrong. The end. Like, so okay. you can jump in cool. here. Yeah. And, and, it, and it definitely changes the game playing field for what these movies will be about going forward. So yeah, you can jump in here. Good question. Moving on the tomorrow war. 
So, <laughs> ironically, I think we're on the same theme this week about movies that are, you know, viscerally entertaining and okay on their own, but feel kind of late. Uh, the Tomorrow War is very much that. If it stars Chris Pratt and uh, it's on Amazon Prime Video streaming for free if you're a Prime Video member. And the premise is in the future, there are these war, there's a war with these aliens 30 years in the future and the future generation is losing. And so they come back and recruit the older generation from now or in the near future from now to travel into the future and fight the war. And there's a whole thing about it. It's kind of like Vietnam, the military draft, you get conscripted. There's all these rules to avoid time paradox about who goes and, you know, how, you know what the deal is about going to the future. I'm not going to spoil all that now, but Chris Pratt is an ex soldier uh, slash expert science teacher. Good, good uh, range to have who gets conscripted into going into the future and, and taking on this dangerous mission. And what I'll say about the Tomorrow War is it, again, it feels good enough on a kind of action sci-fi movie basis. It's better than that trash movie Infinite I watched uh, on the excellent Paramount Plus service, but that Mark Wahlberg movie Infinite, which is like a, just a really bad version of the old guard. Um, this is more entertaining than that. And Chris Pratt makes it funny and humor. And he's uh, partnered with, uh, what's my man from, uh, I forget his name, uh, from Veep, uh, Black Dude, I forget his name, but he's, he's funny as hell in it too. And the banter and now that is good. It's the alien design is interesting, but kind of generic. And the battles, this all feels like a mid 2010s action flick, really. Mm-hmm. And so that's my one criticism of it. But since you get to kind of sit at home and stream it on Amazon Prime Video, I feel like that's kind of a trade-off because you're, you're, you're not having to go to a theater and see this old movie. Right. You're sitting at home and you can stream it. And in that sense, if you're looking for like a new movie for this weekend to see on Saturday night or whatever, like it's pretty good for, for an at-home choice. And like I said, the generic action stuff is made better by not just Chris Pratt, but like the entire cast. There's some really Chloe from 24 is in this. Like there, there's some good people in this that make it like the banter and stuff, you know, really good. So I would check that out too. the tomorrow war. All right. That's the premise sounded cool. I got to say the premise sounded awesome. I mean, it's an interesting premise, but there's a lot of holes in them. I mean, there's a lot of just weird stuff. The premise that they just skip over because they don't want to get too lost in the time travel <laughs> thing. So they give you like a real quick primer and then they're like, all right, we're moving on. Cause we don't want to get too hung up on this. Um, but that's me. Those are the new movies out. And we have, I believe, both reviews are all up on comicbook.com movies if you want to read them and they're full. All right. And then we want to do comics. Do you want to shout out your things first, Matt? Oh, I'll do a quick little shout out, but I won't, I won't spend too much time. Uh, you can check out my full review of Leverage Redemption uh, on comicbook.com as well. And we will be having uh, a bunch of interviews with the cast. Uh, I am a huge fan of the original Leverage series. And uh, the new one actually brings back almost the entire cast, including the ever so busy Aldous Hodge uh, comes back to reprise uh, the character of Hardison. If you don't know what leverage is, essentially it's like a bunch of uh, ex villains, essentially they're like ex mercs and thieves and things like that. And they end up kind of coming together uh, to kind of do a very Robin hood esque thing, right? They're, they're helping uh, people that can't help themselves and they have, they enlist them as clients and then they, take on a lot of their former employers and a lot of the corrupt businessmen and politicians and, and mob and things like that, that like normal enforcement can't really touch sometimes. Uh, and it's just like each episode is very much like a heist. 
uh, or they do, they do some kind of job. So they're always like, it's very oceans, like the ocean movies. It's very much that kind of vibe. And it's, it's lighthearted and fun, even though they're dealing with some serious, uh, you know, topics sometimes or like, uh, some screwed up things. Uh, it's done with a light touch. Uh, so the fact that like the new one is exactly like, it feels like these people never left. So if you were a fan of the original one, which, which I was, uh, you're going to, you're going to really love this. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't, it really feels like they picked up right where they left off. Uh, we do get Noah Wiley stepping in, uh, as one of the new cast members. Uh, and then we get Elise Shannon who steps in as Hardison's like younger sister. And she is, because he can't be in the whole series because he's obviously like busier than ever these days. So he's in a couple of the episodes, which he's great, but then you get her and she's like, this just bright spot of energy. She is absolutely hilarious. Like, I feel like she's going to be a huge star uh, at some point. <laughs> so uh, definitely get it on the ground floor now. Uh, and, and it's really fun. So the first eight episodes uh, pop up on July 9th on IMDb TV, I believe. And then there's going to be more episodes later in the year, but uh, definitely check that out when it hits. Uh, I completely recommend it. It's fun. You want to take us over into comics? Yeah, let's do comics. So uh, this week, it's we got we got some interesting things. A lot of the the issues this week were kind of bigger, kind of one shot issues. It is a fifth week in comics, so it's always that kind of week for weird releases. Uh, first, let's uh, let's stick with fun. So let's do Green Arrow 80th anniversary. Uh, which is just a big one shot with a bunch of different Green Arrow creators. Um, it's got a bunch of short stories, though. One of my favorite parts of the issue is actually it's a short story, but it's kind of done in the form of like a Green Arrow Q&A. It's like his advice on on things that you should do that are kind of, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And it shows like panels from his past and the new stuff that is just like, ridiculous things that have happened in the life of of green arrow uh everything from getting like slapped right yeah the how to be a great story. friend yes uh, <laughs> but not you know, how to know the difference between like friends and acquaintances like with that thing with batman or getting slapped by aquaman like there's so many fun things in that entire that was uh, a standout for me sequence it's so yeah. good um but you know like any kind of anthology or any one shot of this ilk you're you're gonna they're gonna have stuff that's hit and miss i know some people loved the classic story that starts us off i was not a fan um i was like i get i get it i understand why some will love it it's just not you know for me but then you get the uh green arrow story where like he's uh on monitor duty at the that was my favorite one that's a great one uh the one with wildcat was my favorite that's uh tom taylor wrote that one and with black canary and like that's where the, the origin of the of the punching glove arrow like the boxing glove arrow is there it's there's a lot of really fun stuff there's a great story of like black canary and when they're talking about marriage and things like that. It's, it's it's really cool you're gonna find a lot of stuff if you are a green arrow fan to love um and it just might be a little hit and miss for you but i thought there were more hits than misses here so i enjoyed it but what'd you guys think well let's see this week, Kay Slay released a rap track freestyle that's 40 minutes long and has 110 rappers on it. Oh, my God. This Green Arrow book had 100 pages. I don't <laughs> think either of these things really needs to exist. Um, <laughs> that's just me. They're, just, they're both oh, just too man. long. Both just too long and too much going on. Like, um, yeah. It's uh, his was, 80th birthday, Kofi. I was kind of pissed. I, I mean, I was just like a little bit like, Ugh, about this week, both of this week's books. Yeah. But um, the, yeah, they're 
the ones I didn't finish Green Arrow. I don't think I'll ever finish it. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm committed to finishing Venom 200 before I finish oh this. My God. Like I'm gonna finish Venom before this. Um, wow. And basically, because I also, but here's the deal. Here's to make it fair. We just talked about the two best stories in here: uh, the Watchtower, Green Arrow, watching the Watchtower, um, and him training with Wildcat. And I was like, okay, because at first I was like, man, I didn't even want to re- open this book and read it. I'll be honest. <laughs> I was like, I am not a Green Pharaoh Narrow fan nearly enough to even approach this. But I was like, all right, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do right by Matt. But then, so I read that, and then I think I might have read after those two stories like another forty pages before I was like, there's not gonna be a better story here. So like, I'm done. Like I'm just, I got, yeah, I got the best ones. I'm done. So yeah, I was confident I had read the best stories, and and I'm still confident now hearing from you guys. So that's about as much as I will ever give to a hundred pages of a green of green arrow anthology stories. Yes. I mean, I thought it was pretty great personally, um, but I am right in the middle of my first watch through of Arrow on CW. Oh. So I'm like binge watching the whole thing. It was really relevant for me. Um, and for, like I was literally I was bawling, crying after the Denny O'Neill tribute book. Like it it messed me up because I, you know, I we've all lost someone but it was i think it was beautifully done so that was probably my standout wednesday was my favorite because it made me very emotional but it was a beautiful tribute um in the form of a comic i like that was a highlight for me if you if you're into comics and you you're this nerd person mourning someone i just think it's a beautiful way to kind of like feel like get up in those feels i thought that was really nice that was that was really good. And then other than that, yeah, there were some books that kind of sucked. I don't understand the chili recipe thing. Like I'm very confused by the chili <laughs> recipe, but you know, I'm going to still try to make green arrow chili. Like I'm totally going to use, <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to try it when it gets that. cold outside. Please stream that. Oh I God, will. I will totally stream. But I, I did not dislike this. It's a character that I'm familiar with. So therefore I liked it. It was good. I wasn't chomping on a bunch of information I don't understand. Uh, right. So it was, I, I mean, it's his 80th birthday. I'm with you, Matt. Uh, so let's move over. I don't know if Kofi, because Kofi's been really busy. I don't know if he had a chance to, to look at Song Chi number two. Did you know? I did. No. Okay. Um, I no, did. Yeah. To That's be fair, I am reading a ton of comics right now. Like, yes, you are. So many comics. I got to read all this Star Wars stuff. Yeah. A bunch of DC stuff, DC stuff, a bunch of this other Marvel stuff. Like, yeah. So I think yeah, it's all Song Chi too. Yeah. It's always so funny when I tell people, like, oh, I'm working my way through comics. It's like you realize there's like 30 to 40 books from the big two alone, right? Yeah. Every every month, every week or whatever. It's like yeah. it's a lot. Uh so I understand. I think I have uh, a handle on it until Marvel hits, and now I'm like <laughs> uh so Song Chi number two. I know Janelle did, right? Yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Because I, I know you've been like enjoying really it. itching for new Song Chi stuff. So this yeah. one picks up where we left off last time uh, and has them kind of going to this, this mob is going to auction off a cosmic cube. Uh, and they mentioned, of course, that there are several cosmic cubes just chilling out there. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, they managed to get one. And uh, all the things we liked from the first issue, I, the, again, they were kind of back in spade. There's a lot of back and forth uh, between Songchi and like his, his allies, right? Cause he's still kind of getting used to like being this whole leader thing and appearances and all this stuff. But also the best part about this is because it's an auction for villains, there's like all these other societies here, like including the hand and the best part, Modoc, who is just 
like it just gives you an excuse to play off of these villains who have larger than life personalities and they're now have a hero in their midst who is in a lot of cases as they bring up beating them up in various times before and they're they're upset to like well we don't trust him and modok's pulling his like very Patton oswald you know, don't give me high fives and like shooting people with his mind beam. Like, there's a lot of that stuff in here. And I thought it was, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun issue. I don't love that. Like I was kind of hoping they would play more on like song. Chi being more conflicted with working with heroes because he's because like I, right now, it very much feels like he is a hero mm-hmm. working with like Captain America, or whatever, or Spider-Man. Yes. He is, but that first issue did a better job, I think, of like putting him on the fence and trying to appease both sides. Whereas this one is clearly like, I'm working with Captain America. This is a cosmic. Yeah, especially team. if you're going to name the comic versus. Right, <laughs> like, like, you need a like, little bit of like, uh, there's some struggle here. Like, but other than that, I, I thought they did a great job. Yeah, it was great to see these villainous characters acting so um, civil with each other. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like, I'm going to do a bid. And hey, they didn't raise their paddle. Well, You're supposed to raise your paddle. It was just, it was kind of funny. It was really cute. Uh, yes, we are still struggling with the pronunciation. Is it Songshi or is it Shangshi? I always say Shangshi. We're getting that in the chat. Oh, man, oh, uh, come on. I we finally to, got over the song. I, I thought it was Shangshi, but uh, oh. Kofi's muted. I haven't studied. I haven't studied Mandarin, except for a very brief moment. But if if we ultimately come out, I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll come out as Shangxi. That's what I thought too. Oh, Jesus. That tends to be the linguistic shape of Mandarin. I not in. I am clearly not. So that's yeah. My bad. But um, Shangxi so. was great. I thought they did a great job. I want to see more, and I'm getting to know this character, and I like it. I thought it was good. Again, I I'm. You can see the progression. I hope that our viewers can see it to our listeners of like, you know, noob comic reader Janelle to like trying my best to make sure that I'm chewing on comic books every single day of my life. And I'm enjoying the heck out of it. And I, I really like these and I want more of him. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so get to the last one because I know we got to uh, get out of here. So this one was another uh, long issue. It's the first issue of five issue miniseries, The United States of Captain America. Uh, these are going to have kind of a main story. Typically, it seems anyway, are going to have a main story and then a backup story. And the main story um, is very much like you're going to, we're meeting these other captains uh, that are just like regular people and have all had different circumstances that have led them to kind of taking on this mantle. Uh, they're inspired by different Captain Americas. What I loved actually is that um, in this one, we actually get like the inspiration is not steve it's sam you know i think that's cool like i i actually like the idea of like playing with that and seeing different takes on the character inspiring i would like to see one later on that like has bucky because bucky was cap for a small length of time and so that would be cool to see that so i love that aspect uh someone i wasn't keen on the idea of like oh great someone's assuming the mantle of cap again to like as the villain because like we've seen that in a bunch of different superhero comics, not just Cap, but like we've seen that a lot. But I thought they they did a good job here. What I will say is that um, what I what I Kofi talked about this in in this Purge review of like things being ham ham fisted in because it's feeling feeling ham fisted in because it's talking about a current topic. It's talking about something that Go is walking. a topical, right? 
So here's the thing. This does that. At the same time, because we we have a whole part, Steve has a whole kind of monologue at the beginning where he's just thinking to himself about the American dream and what it really means. And there's a, there's two dreams and whatever. I will say this. Um, I know some people are going to read that and are going to hate it. Uh, and there are aspects of it I don't love. But what I will say is that there's also a part of me that feels like it's incredibly important for certain issues to be continually put in your face. And this one is one that's important to me and it resonates with me. It's about people being allowed in this country, right? It's about, it's about skin color. It's about skin color that I have and I, I can't take off at the end of the day. So to me, that issue resonates. And yes, it is something that is clearly a focus of this issue, but it's also never going to be non-important to have someone of a different skin color and of a pop, uh, someone so important to pop culture in mainstream America as Captain America, who also happens to be white, to say it and say it is important and to say that things get co-opted. And, and that's happens. That's real life. So, yes, I understand where the whole like politics, not wanting politics in your comics comes from. At the same time, there is an importance for someone like Captain America to say the things he said, and it resonates with me. So that was important to me. I understand it won't be important to everybody, but that made a difference. Well, it should um, be important to everybody, but what I can give people yeah. credit for is it doesn't have to be like page upon page upon page of inner dialogue that is boring as hell. And I don't know what's happening. Like it can be depicted in a story that is laid out for us in a more creative and inspiring way. Cause that monologue was so, I was literally like falling asleep. I was like, this is, I get it. Like I already know, like there's a better way. For example, the end of the issue when they come back and he's literally walking through, uh, you know, through a gay bar and tons of people partying. Like there's ways to make it really interesting mm -hmm. than just copping out and giving an inner monologue. That's how I feel. I think yeah. cop out is the kind of word I see. I think this project is so misconceived on so many levels. Um, I really am not a fan of it. <laughs> like I, I think the contradiction here is, this is trying to say like America has changed. It's more diverse. It's, 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 and we should make Captain America reflect that because he's a symbol of the nation. I don't see some of these very progressive people like the Captain America of the railways, like picking up this old 1950s, 60s symbol and being like, that's what I want to be in new age America. These kids aren't worrying about Captain America. They're having orgy parties this summer. Like, this is a different time. Like, <laughs> these kids are not grabbing a glass of milk and, and reading Steve Rogers. Like, you know, Five Things About Life by Steve Rogers. Like, come on, bro. Like, that Captain America, the roadways, while I like that there's a kid on the, like, protecting runaways. My mom is a nurse who works, psychiatric nurse who works mm -hmm. with runaways and, and kids, and spe specifically um, kids on the LGBTQ spectrum who have been like thrown out of homes. So this is also something that resonated with me. But like, I've seen that world and I've met some of the, like, you know, quite a few of these kids. Mm -hmm. And it's like, 
I don't see any of them in their quest for identity going to be and be like Steve Rogers. That good old values, American old home values. I mean, I don't even read that. I like, like give me people who would we're dressing up people who would cancel Captain America on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like this, mm-hmm. it feels like they're trying to lump together two things you can't lump together. I don't think you can't lump them together. But what I do think is that I think you're, that right there is the seed for a book that would be better. It's right, yeah. right there. And what you said of they're not looking to this character for like, for their like idea of American values. Well, why not? That would resonate with that character of why aren't they looking like, what do I represent that, that conflict for cap, I think is really interesting. And that would be worth and, yeah. exploring, but going that's not you, what we do here. No, and going what you said, I think, I don't always, I don't ever agree that things are just virtue signaling or thing. I mean, inclusivity is important. It has an effect on people. It resonates. But I would almost think there's more value in a story of what we're talking about. And Steve Rogers as a, an all American, perfect white man from a, from a very old age, having to update himself in face of this new America. Right. He's seeing these kids and, and seeing and kids being like, instead of a roadways, Captain America's like, I love you, man, is like, or I love Sam, is like, man, F you. You're like, you were never my symbol. Wow. And Rogers being like, whoa, that's kind of heavy. Like, I've always wanted to be the symbol for everybody. Like, what does that mean now? Like, what do I have to do? Like, you know, how should I be approaching this job? Like, that would be an interesting that's cool. thing. I, but yeah, I, I think they... Again, like they they touch on that stuff, like a, they give like a hint of like like the Sam thing, right? A different person inspired you, but yeah. let's explore that further. Like let that be the focus. Yeah, the story was good. Real, yeah. I liked the story. Sure, yeah. It was just that monologue in the beginning was just over the top. Like it worked. See, they did. This is what they did in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Mm-hmm. Like. It was, I mean, ostensibly, it's just all about Sam picking up the shield he picked up in the first scene of the series, right? But he had to go through the whole, what is America? What does it mean to be a black man in America? And what does it mean to be a black man in America trying to carry this symbol? And will I reach everybody? And like, how will that come across? Will I even be, you know, considered still in with my own community? Right. Or or will people like Isaiah pop up and say you're a sellout for taking up that shield like that? That was a really interesting thing. But that was only 25 percent of that series, which was what yeah. my pro- main problem with that series was, was that the rest of it was just kind of generic Marvel fodder. That yeah. was interesting. And that was like, I want to see more of that. And even that show struggles with that. Right. Because we get that ending speech and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's that's also kind of trying to you know build a very intricate thing with like mega blocks <laughs> it's like what, what are you doing so like i like these concepts and i feel like they are important and i feel like they have great ideas and there are parts of this issue i love like i still love the idea of that monologue i don't necessarily love the execution but i love the the idea and the intent behind it but also maybe that's not the core of what this series should explore. I think there's a as another nugget of an idea that's more interesting and probably would make all of us happy and more excited to read that. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe that changes in the next issue. But yeah, this was uh, this is a little hot button thing. I mean, but they'll get what they wanted, right? They'll get people talking about it. We yeah, are. there's possibility for redemption too. Um, 
I can redeem this series if I get a scene where Captain America has to throw down in a major battle royale brawl with a bunch of dudes who all have some really twisted versions of what their America is. And they've dressed up as their own, like kind of, you know, different versions of Captain America based on their ideologies, whether it's extreme this way or extreme that way or whatever it is. And he's just like, what the hell, man? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that'd be funny um but yeah but yeah very very interesting read it was a fifth week so there was a lot of stuff next week we'll get to more regular kind of shorter good Uh, i enjoyed this week yeah it was it was interesting you ever give me comments like this again (laughs) (laughs) he's not into it (laughs) i already don't like i don't touch really like uh, aside from like number ones i don't really touch the like black and whites I didn't put it, by the way, I should get credit. I did not give us Superman uh, blue and red or red and blue or whatever. I didn't give us Wonder Woman black and gold. Those are all the same like anthology issues. Like, yeah, those black aren't going to go. Yellow, black and yellow. But it, <laughs> you're like, Green Arrow's the one. It was I his like 80th it. birthday, Kofi. It's his birthday. You have to read it. I'll when give you an X Factor review. Birthday. X Factor is over and it was just getting good. And yeah, RIP Scarlet Witch again. Oh there Lord, you go. Matt, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> don't even want me. They killed her. Magneto again, baby. They killed her halfway <laughs> off panel. All you saw were her legs. That's pathetic. Anyway. And we're, I mean, we're just rehashing things so badly right now with, with this Scarlet Witch stuff in X-Men <laughs> comics. But that's X-Men comics. Hellfire Gala. She's never been more popular than ever. Let's kill her. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Hellfire Gala, I've I've kind of enjoyed it. It is a weird, just like every one of the crossovers in this House of X, it is weird. Oh, it I enjoyed Gala. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought the concepts were interesting in Gala, even if yeah. like you know there were so many. But I will just this just was like really like this. I don't know. I I'm not well, again, that's why, and that's why X Factor got X'd. All right. Oh, we're yeah, but that's uh, comics. All right. And I think that's it, isn't it? Do we have anything else? Is that it? Oh, yeah. We're we're way over. Yeah. Let's just get out of here now. We've, we've outstayed our welcome by a lot. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Clearly, I have no handle on the show today. We have gone way over. Uh, but thank you guys for who are all still here for tuning in. As always, we are putting up new episodes Fridays at noon on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And uh, yeah, we're also live on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. So check us out there. Follow the comic at Comic Book Nation Twitter feed so we can keep in contact with you guys. And if you want to contact us all, if you're watching, you can see our names on the screen. But if you're just listening, I am at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Aguilar CB. I am at Janelle Wheeler. And we are going to be praying that by next Friday, in the end of Loki episode four or uh, five, Maybe we'll also have a Spider-Man trailer. Some people are in the comments claiming it's dropped in India. I don't believe you. Until I looked you, on Twitter. I didn't see it. I don't I believe it. you. Until you send me a link, I don't believe you. But by I next saw week, that pop up. And I'm, I'm hoping. I'm really seriously hoping. The merch is out there now. So I'm really seriously hoping we have a lot of Spider-Man to talk about by next week. Until then, you guys take care. Uh, everybody over here in America, happy Independence Day. Happy birthday, Mom. I love you. And uh, I think that's all the shout outs I'm doing. Peace. Uh, Bye, guys. Jesus.